HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi guys, I'm Jamie Oliver and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network, a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, HRN is celebrating 10 years of food radio. How amazing. For the past decade, they've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and so much more. It's been 10 years and they're just getting started. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. If you ask most cheese experts, they'll tell you that beer is much more fun and somewhat of a more natural pairing for cheese. You know, I took a, a traditional Russian imperial stout recipe and kind of blew it out of the box, so to speak, quite literally by dumping 25 boxes of cake mix, chocolate cake mix, triple chocolate cake mix directly into the mash. The fun thing about doing it at home is that there's <laughs> the only person that you have to impress is yourself. At the end of the week, as I had said earlier, uh, Rupert's Cup, we go against all the other brewers in the city that made a smash beer as well. Uh, smash stands for state malt and state hop. I'm Dylan Hoyer, the assistant producer at Beer Sessions Radio, where we're celebrating New York City Beer Week. On Sunday, I sat in for a beer and cheese tasting hosted by Coney Island Brewing Company. Coney Island's head brewer, Matt McCall, teamed up with food writer and cheese expert Christine Clark for the event. They sat down with me beforehand to talk about their process for finding complementary pairs and deciding what flavor profiles to showcase. First, Matt gave an overview of what the rest of the week will look like for Coney Island Brewery. We're having a uh, cheese and beer pairing today where we're taking some of our flagship beers and some of our specialty beers uh, and pairing it with some uh, awesome cheeses from across the world to kind of showcase what beer can do with food as well as, you know, how good our beer is in general. Outside of that, uh, we do have a lot of different things going on throughout the week. Some of our marquee events being uh, Wednesday, we have a beer dinner at Cafe Centro where we're going to pair nine of our beers, uh, all nine beers that we have on top of the brewery with a full uh, culinary meal. And on Thursday, we have a, a tap takeover at Clinton Hall. Uh, where we have all of our beers on tap there as well. And then we're closing things out on Sunday at the Rupert's Cup at Randolph and Dumbo, where uh, all of the New York City brewers that made a smash beer uh, will compete against each other uh, to take home the Rupert's Cup. For Christine, this is her only event for New York City Beer Week, but she's glad to see food being featured in Coney Island's agenda. I think a lot of us, when we think of pairing cheese with something, we think of wine. Uh, But if you ask most cheese experts, they'll tell you that beer is much more fun and somewhat of a more natural pairing for cheese. When we're eating cheese with something, it's usually bread or crackers, and so grain-based alcohol um, can be a really lovely and exciting pairing that people tend to also be less stuffy about, which makes it more fun in general. 
I love wine, drink wine all the time. So does my wife. Uh, I'm not a wine hater by any means. But you know, beer, uh, you know, at its at its base is uh, better suited to pair with food because beer involves all different kinds of uh, grains that are quite literally named after foods. Uh, there's things like honey malts, chocolate malts, uh, biscuit malt. So unlike wine, where when you're fermenting it, you're you're literally dealing with what the earth gives you in the grapes. Um, you can't really add anything to it to to en- enhance flavors or, or change the flavor of the grapes. You're kind of dependent on whatever you have. Uh, with beer, we're able to to combine the you know over hundreds of kinds of malts to create exact flavor profiles that are better suited with food. So I think um, to all the people out there that haven't given beer a chance, um, you know, try it out. Um, even if you don't like beer, I guarantee this is a beer you do like. Um, it, it's perfect for food, and uh, I, I just want to give it some more love. Matt and Christine wanted the beer and cheese pairings to highlight the range of flavors in Coney Island's beer, from crisp and citrusy to rich and roasty. In this case, their collaboration began with the beer. Christine joined the Coney Island team for a tasting before selecting the cheeses. In general, when you're pairing beer and cheese, much like when you're pairing anything else, you know, you want to make sure that one plus one equals three. So you want to make sure the two things aren't fighting. You want to make sure that the flavor and just as importantly, the textures mesh well together and that you're enhancing both, which is why I think it's important to have both the cheese person's input and the beer person's input, because I very much enjoy the beers, but I am the cheese person. And so I have feelings and thoughts about how the cheeses change and it's important to have the beer person's input too because if it's bringing out something that they don't like in the beer then that's not a good pairing. The flight began with Coney Island's Mermaid Pilsner. It's our flagship beer, also happens to be the best-selling Pilsner in uh, Metro New York, so something that we're always super proud of. Beer in general, uh, it's it's a classic Pilsner uh, with a little bit of a twist. Uh, We use American hops to kind of add some nice citrusy notes to the beer that complement the kind of crackery Pilsner backbone of the beer, as well as some flaked rye in the malt bill, which really adds a a nice complex spiciness on the back end uh, that isn't overpowering. So yeah, I think it's a really approachable beer for anybody looking at the tasting notes mermaid pilsner is light-bodied crisp drinking sessionable you know you can kind of take it to the beach and enjoy it uh when i think of the vermont creamery goat log i think (laughs) kind of just of sunshine it's very bright it's fresh it's easygoing it's something that you can cook with you can put it in a salad but it's also something that i snack on with honey i'll snack on it with crackers you know we talked about the pilsner has those nice crackery notes um so it's just fresh it's easy it's uh both I, i think the brightness of the goat log will um, sort of enhance the fresh floral notes in the Pilsner, but also it's just kind of a ideals <laughs> pairing. The next beer is Merman, uh, our New York IPA. With this IPA, we kind of, uh, just like you know, New Yorkers in general, they come from all over the place uh, to create you know this awesome community that is New York. You know, we kind of did the same thing with our, our IPA. So uh, we looked at you know across the board at what the IPA category is, um, and the first thing we noticed is you know the traditional West Coast IPA, which is you know clean hop bitterness, uh, a little bit malt forward. Um, and then we looked at the East Coast IPAs, which are, are traditionally very malty and not a lot of hot bitterness. Uh, and then finally, the, the newest style, the New England IPA, which is uh, super juicy and fruity with uh, virtually no bitterness whatsoever. So we kind of combined all three of those styles uh, in true New York fashion to make our 5.8% New York IPA with uh, all American hops and Amarillo, Citra, uh, and Mosaic Lupulin powder to kind of create this really unique and uh, easy drinking IPA. With the Merman IPA, we have... Nancy's Camembert from Old Chatham and the first thing I looked at with this pairing was you know it's 
um, part of Merman's identity is that it's from New York, so I wanted a cheese that was from New York as well. Um, and when I am pairing IPAs, I often enjoy a sheep's milk cheese with them. Um, sheep's milk cheeses are creamier and richer. Uh, sheep's milk is almost double the fat content of cow's milk or goat's milk. So I wanted something with that creaminess, richness. Something about sheep's milk, especially when it's uh, very carefully handled, can become pretty floral and herbaceous. And so I think the herbaceous notes of the camembert will play really beautifully with the hops in this. Taking into consideration the flavor, texture, and region of beers and cheeses, I wanted advice for how to recreate pears like this at home. The fun thing about doing it at home is that there's <laughs> the only person that you have to impress is yourself, right? So um, if you are hoping to get a good sort of beer and cheese menu going, I would say start with your favorites, um, whether that's a list of beers or a list of cheeses or um, a, you know, a combination. And then sort of think about how heavy it is, right? So if you're serving them all next to each other, you'll want to start with sort of the lightest, freshest cheese. Um, you know, for this pairing, we're starting with the goat log, which is a very fresh cheese. You know, there's no rind yet. It's um, made within, you know, it's done within 48 hours of starting to make. So it's a very quick cheese to make. So you'll want to start with something that's lightest and freshest as you're serving and as you're pairing yourself so your palate doesn't get kind of knocked out. But I would say, especially at home, um, the best, <laughs> what you really want to do is go to the experts, right? So make sure that you're going to a shop where you can chat with your cheesemonger um, or going to a beer shop where you can chat with the staff there and say, I have this cheese or I have this beer. Um, I really like, you know, the the notes of this hop or I really like the creaminess of this cheese what can I pair with it to enhance it and what they'll do is go through you know the basic pairing principles which is opposites attract so you know two lovely contrasting things can bring out the best in each other or, or they'll put together two things that are similar in order to sort of enhance those notes um, or they might do a regional pairing so uh, you know in this case we have our merman ipa with the nancy's camembert so don't feel like you have to do it all yourself is i think the most important note um, but also sort of take stock of what you like in the beer or the cheese and then go prepared to talk about that to the shop where you're hoping to buy the other component the next beer on the tasting menu was Coney Island's Mosaic Underground, a hazy pale ale. Uh, we had just talked about New England IPAs, and this is a, a prime example of what that is. Um, you know, very full-bodied, uh, kind of creamy texture, no hop bitterness whatsoever, but uh, what's driving the main flavor profile is um, big, juicy hops, late-edition hops in the kettle to avoid bitterness, but to kind of enhance the aroma of them. A side note, this beer was kind of uh, inspired by my uh, many subway rides, uh, you know, looking at the beautiful mosaics under under the ground uh, that really kind of brighten up the otherwise dark and dank kind of uh, subways. So I saw that and I, I couldn't think of a, a better beer to do the same thing. Um, you know, when you drink the beer, it's very fruit forward. It makes you feel like summertime and it's uh, it's a great beer. So with the Mosaic Underground, we have Dalmatinak that is from Pasqui Serrana, brought into the U.S. by Forever Cheese. When I am eating Dalmatinak, I think of preserved lemon. So you do, there's sort of a citrusy note that comes with the beer, um, as well as sort of a beautiful herbaceousness on the back of it. Uh, when Matt was talking about the Mosaic Underground, he talked about a citrusy note, and that's kind of when I, what I want to play up with that. Um, Dalmatinak comes from Dalmatia in Croatia, and they talk about the island being very small, and the sea breeze sort of blowing over the grasses and uh, as the cows and sheep eat the grasses, there's a beautiful sort of salinity to it that 
also plays out in the cheese. Um, so it felt appropriate for a Coney Island sort of lemony beer to go with this sort of beachy lemony cheese. After this, the tasting moved on to a couple darker beers. Matt explains how he organized the menu for the event. So the order um, is, is a lot like any other flight that we would pair, um, you know, starting with the lighter, the lighter beers so that you know, it's not... If you were to pair a stout before Pilsner, um, you know, you wouldn't really be able to taste the, the delicacies of a Pilsner. So we always try to start lighter uh, and work our way to the, some of the more bold flavors. Um, so the order was um, the easiest part for, uh, for me to figure out. And it's been really fun working with Christine to, to kind of figure out what beers pair best with cheese because we have nine beers on tap and I think we have uh, five here today. So I had to cut a couple out and, you know, choosing that is usually the toughest part. Um, but, you know, it's, it's been a blast working with her to figure out which ones are the best suited for the cheese and, um, you know, vice versa. One beer Matt couldn't forgo is the half-caked Russian Imperial Stout. This is a kind of a great example of how Coney Island Brewery, uh, what my role is down there, of, of kind of driving innovation and getting a little wacky sometimes. It was inspired by one of my favorite ice creams. Uh, I won't, uh, for legal reasons, I don't think I can say what that ice cream is, but I'll let people kind of figure it out on their own. But, um, you know, I took a, a traditional uh, Russian Imperial Stout recipe, kind of uh, blew it out of the box, so to speak, quite literally, uh, by dumping 25 boxes of cake mix, uh, chocolate cake mix, triple chocolate cake mix directly into the mash, which adds a really nice kind of full body to the beer, a lot of unfermentable sugars in there and, you know, starches. It also adds a really nice creamy, you know, kind of chocolatey velvet thing going on in the beer as well. So, so what you end up with is a really nice roasty, somewhat sweet, uh, but still not like cloying or, or crazy. The lactose kind of adds a nice uh, mouthfeel to it as well. Uh, and it's, just a, it's a really great dessert beer. You know, you probably wouldn't want to have more than one or two of them because they're pretty heavy. Uh, but outside of that, I think it's, uh, it's a really unique beer and, and uh, kind of shows what we do at the brewery and, and you know, how uh, we're always pushing the, pushing the card a little bit with it. So with the half cakes, we have Clarina aged Gouda, which is aged for around three years. And, you know, with half caked, it is both balanced but unabashedly desserty. And with aged Gouda, you almost always get sort of a butterscotchy note. And when you age any cheese for that long, you tend to get little crystals. Those are tyrosine crystals um, that have a little bit of a crunch. So not only does it taste like butterscotch, but it kind of feels like you're eating a candy bar with some butterscotch crunchies in it. Um, So with this, I just wanted to sort of push it further towards the dessert end, you know, have some nice desserty Gouda um, to go with those lovely chocolate notes in the beer. The final beer was the chocolate rhizome made from entirely New York ingredients. Every year for beer week, we make an all New York hop and malt uh, beer. Uh, with our, our local vendors here in the state. Um, and we usually try to push the boundaries with this one as well because uh, at the end of the week, as I had said earlier, uh, Rupert's Cup, we go against all the other brewers in the city that made a smash beer as well. Uh, smash stands for state malt and state hop, um, by the way, for those that aren't familiar. Um, but yeah, we go up uh, head-to-head with some of the best breweries in the city. I and mean, it's always um, my favorite event because it's fun to, to kind of see what people do uh, with the ingredients from the state here. But with this beer uh, in particular, you know, I had gotten a, a sample of some chocolate rye from New York Craft Malt um, earlier in the year, and it's just such a unique uh, malt, and I think it really deserves being highlighted. So I kind of made that malt the star of the show here. Paired it with some Vienna and two-row malts, as well as some unmalted rye to kind of bump up the spiciness on the back end. Uh, and what you get is a, a really complex barley wine. Uh, it's an American-style barley wine, so it does have a good amount of bitterness to it, but I think it's, it balances out the extremely malty character uh, that you get from this beer. Uh, and and the star of the show is the chocolate rye. It's, 
chocolatey, it's spicy, um, and the beer itself is just really well-rounded and balanced. And uh, in my personal opinion, and maybe Christine can speak to this as well, but I think it's the, the beer that's most suited to, to pair with uh, cheese, and I'm, I'm really excited to, to share that with everybody today. So with the Chocolate Rhizome, we have Rogue Creamery Caveman Blue. And whenever I am trying to convince someone, uh, either my friends or people in classes, that they should like blue cheese, I will very often pair it with something sweet. Sometimes you can do a honey or a caramel. But I often find that chocolate, even just using a piece of chocolate as a cracker, um, can be an even better pairing because you have both the sweetness and sort of the earthy, roasty richness of the chocolate. So with the chocolate rhizome, where you have those sort of chocolatey, roasty, rich notes, I wanted to pair specifically Caveman Blue because there's sort of a toasty, hazelnutty character to it. So it should both be a nice counterweight because you have the saltiness of the blue cheese, you have that little bit of blue mold spiciness, but the cheese itself is rather desserty, despite having no sugar or anything in there. Um, so uh, the tasting note that I wrote for this is, you know, chocolate chip cookies with a bit of maldo and salt on top. You have the sweet richness and you have a little bit of salt to sort of balance it out. The pairings for this event were carefully thought out so that each beer and cheese provided a balance of complementary flavors. But the final takeaway from these experts was not to stress about the perfect combination, but rather to savor the beers and cheeses you love. Pairing beer with cheese um, is a good way to remember that it's all about enjoyment and it's all about pairing things together that are good together. So whether for you that's, you know, pairing your favorite cheddar with your favorite beer and noticing what's different about it, it's really just about taking time to enjoy those things and tasting them together and taking stock of what you like, maybe even what you don't like when it pairs together, and the learning and the enjoyment is the most important important part. There's no one that's sitting in the corner judging you for um, something you should have done. It's all about what you like. Mm -hmm.